Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. It's now time for the general manager show, the David Forst Show. David, good to see you. How are you doing? What's up, Chris? I I like your optimism. That's the right way to go into the weekend is still thinking about playoff games. You you got nothing to lose, right? (laughs) That's right. You You don't lose anything being optimistic. How tough was that, though? You win five in a row. You feel great coming home. And then lose four straight to the Mariners. Yeah, it was not our uh, not our four finest days, unfortunately. And it came at a bad time. And look, that's a team that for some reason we've had trouble with all season. Um, it's hard to explain. I think we match up well with them. Um, I mean, we had a tough road with the Rangers this year, too. I mean, we sort of found that in the division that, that some of these teams we just did not play our best baseball against. At the same time, we went 15-4 and four against the Angels, who – you know, obviously missing a couple of their big guys, but, you know, they've held their own against most of these teams. So it's, it's hard to explain uh, and really hard to watch the last four days, unfortunately. You know, Chris Bassett was on earlier, and he just said, you know what? When you run into a hot team in Major League Baseball, teams are so good and you're not hot, you're in trouble. For sure, for sure. And, and you know, it, it's interesting to think about us not being hot because, like you said, we came off five wins um, you know, not easy wins. I mean, the two games we won in Kansas City, we had to battle. And then uh, for whatever reason, we, we held on in Anaheim. But, uh, but yeah, they are, they are hot. They're playing well. They've got a good formula right now. Uh, they've got starters who keep them in the game. And then they've got a bullpen who's throwing really well when, when they're ahead. And, and we know how well that's worked for us over the course of the season when we played well. And that's, that's what we ran into. By the time their, their bullpen got into those four games, we just didn't have enough time to get back in it. You know, I think about Chris Bassett getting on that mound. I know we talked about Chris and, you know, how everybody was pulling for him. And just what that mean for you to see him go through everything that he's gone through and to be back on the mound? It was really emotional. And it was, it was a triumph, honestly, for a lot of people and a lot of parts of this organization. I mean, Chris, Chris first and foremost, worked his butt off to get back and, and never – I think from probably the time Nick got him to the hospital that night, he never doubted he was going to get back out there this quickly or, or sooner. So uh, he deserves a lot of credit. But you look at our, our medical people, our athletic training staff, our strength and conditioning people, the, the pitching folks who put the plan together, like th- that is sort of what an organization does at its best is get someone like Chris back out on the mound. And I was really, really proud of a lot of people yesterday. And, you know, having him stand right here and really getting to see him, I mean, you can tell he had surgery. Yeah. I mean, you can. It, it's not like Chris is, looks like the same guy. I mean, there's a difference there. So you realize just how serious this was. Yeah, you can see it. And, and, and the whole world got to see it when he sent out that tweet yesterday with those pictures, which, you know, I had seen. But you kind of you kind of forget about them when when you see him walking around here every day, and like you said, he doesn't he doesn't look like he did before, but 
he looks like himself and you forget a little bit about those images and what he went through and then to have him throw them out there again uh, I think was a sort of probably cleansing for him to kind of put it behind him and, and realize what he had accomplished getting back out there you know what people don't realize is someone in your situation we just think of general managers of guys you're 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 signing free agents, you're trading guys, you're crunching data, and that's all you guys do. But you got to take care of people. And when there's like a crisis like what happened where I said to Chris, I mean, it's not not often we see EMTs come onto the field. I mean, you got to take care of these people. I mean, yeah. that that that's part of your job. I think people don't realize. And I've talked about, you know, you guys uh, keeping people safe through COVID. I mean, there's more than just I want to say data that you have to do and take care of this organization. Right. No, you're you're right. And and look, the the public part of what we do is putting the team on the field and making trades and signing guys and that is, you know, that is the very public part. The the other side of it is is managing an organization full of people who you you care about, you have relationships with and and that has been more evidence in the last 18 months than at, at any point that I've been in this job. Um, and when something like this happens with Chris, it does feel like, and I think I said this to the media the next day or so, like it feels like you've been through something very traumatic and all your people have too. And it, you know, you, you watch this, you went through it, you know the players and the staff. I, you know, I thank the staff the next day for getting the players through that game because they had to carry them through that. Like there's all these people who are affected um, and it is, it's a big part of it. So like I said, for me to see Chris on the mound yesterday, first of all, what it means to the team is great. Like it gives everybody a boost when you, you try and put your best 28 guys out there, like he's a part of that, that's great. But it also means that so many other people worked hard we're able to sort of put this traumatic thing behind them and, and turn it into something good. Obviously, losing your best guy is traumatic. How yeah. much do you think that, that affected the team overall? It, it's hard to say. I mean, there's a snowball effect, no doubt. When you lose your ace and you lose not only his performance every fifth day, but the, the domino effect it has on using the bullpen and all these things, it's, it's hard to quantify. Um, but I think we all felt it the last month for sure. And, and that's, look, it's part of the game. Everybody has to overcome injuries and, and sort of make transactions and, and pick it up. But, yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, you, you, you think about the last two months and you, lo you lose Ramon to suspension and then you lose Bass. And those are also two of your emotional leaders. I mean, that we've heard time and time again what Ramon brings to the dugout and to the field and all these things. And, and Chris does the same thing. On the days that he's not pitching, I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody more vocal in that dugout, more responsible for sort of the emotion of the team. And when you lose him, excuse me, there's a tractor going by. Um, <laughs> when you lose Chris on top of that, that, that has an effect. He was physically gone for a couple weeks, just having to stay back in Chicago and that's that's a hole you need to you need to replace see that's a great thing about doing the show on the field you get the reality <laughs> of what is going on here at Ricky Henderson Field is yes a tractor just went by you know you talk about bullpens and it just seems they're just really fickle yeah. year to year like I mean, it was a couple of years ago you know, Blake Tryon had one of the greatest years we'd ever seen by a closer, Lou Trevino, and then we were thinking that's going to be the strength of the bullpen, and it wasn't as good as the year before. Why Why is it so hard to build a consistent bullpen? Those guys are just by nature unpredictable. They have a really hard job. They have so little margin for error, 
and when they're really good, you want to use them every single night. I mean, the, the, the starters have this sort of built-in bubble where you know you can't use them, but every fifth day, no matter how good they are, when the relievers are good, you want them out there every night, and, and you use guys a lot, and it's just it's sort of one of the hazards of the job that guys are going to wear down. And, and you mentioned Blake and um, as great as he was that year and then came back and struggled next year. The, the guys who sort of struggle after being really good, that's sort of the norm. The exceptions are the Mariano Rivera's and the, the you know, the, the big time closers, the, the Kimbrels. And you look out to even a guy like Chapman, who's pretty consistent year to year. He has his struggles. Like there's only a handful of guys up on that sort of hill of relievers who are consistent and elite every single year. I mean, Liam Hendricks, talk about a guy who was inconsistent for a long time and was good and was not, was a starter, was a reliever. Like, it's a hard job to do out there, and it's it's hard to find a guy who can physically hold up year in, year out. I think Liam's a great example because you think, you know, the guys you're talking about like uh, a Eckersley, a Goose Gossage, a Raleigh Fingers. Right, you a, have to go back 20-plus years. Trevor Hoffman. To find these they're guys. Hall, they're Hall of Famer. Lee Smith, these right. guys are Hall of Famers, right? And then I think of Liam. Liam was DFA'd. Yep. Next thing you know, he's starting the wild card game. Then he's on the cover of the media guide, and now he's getting the largest contract ever for a reliever. Right. I mean, that that that's crazy. That's hard to predict. That That is going to make any front office person's job pretty hard to figure out when when you know guys uh, can sort of go up and down like that. And, again, it's just it's the nature of the bullpen. It's such, such a short stint. It's such a small margin for error. So, obviously, the percentage isn't good for the A's to make the postseason. But we're going to keep hope. Yes, we will. One winning streak away, you never know. But what? Uh, let's just say the A's are eliminated. How do you watch these last few games? What are you looking for? Oh, you're always playing for something. The, the, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Guys you know, guys on the field are playing for contracts. They're playing for jobs next year. We're, look, we're making decisions. I mean, you are always playing for something. You know, fortunately for us, it's been a few years since we've played games uh, that, you know, essentially weren't for playoff contention. But, um, but there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of personal things guys are playing for. You know, guys want to get to a certain number of homers or guys want to get to plate appearances or batting average. So the benefit, the benefit of that is, like, individual goals usually help the team in this game. So I think you'll find, you know, all these teams that, uh, that aren't playing necessarily for playoffs, they've got something to play for. You know, we always talk in baseball, the minute the final out of the season, that's when you start selling next year. Mm-hmm. That's when you start going to your sponsors. That's when we got to get a David Ford sponsor, for God's sakes, next season. <laughs> um, but for you, how does that work? How much are you thinking about watching these games and thinking about next season? Yeah, it's it, the that process has started. I mean, particularly with the minor leagues ending, instructional league going on, thinking about the fall league and – scouts doing their end of the year meetings player development that that process has definitely started over the past few weeks and um you know it, it's sort of organization wide so we won't wait until the last out of the last game to to start having those conversations they're already they're ongoing and and again anything that happens over the next nine games certainly influences you know how we think about the offseason how we think about guys for next year so in the fifth inning, I always have to do a minor league report brought to you by Kaiser Permanente. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I picked up the minor league sheet and, and realized there's only one game. No one's playing. <laughs> I'm going to cover this minute. Um, just 
overall, how do you think it went after a bunch of these guys didn't play last yeah. year? What, what, how did it go? Look, I think getting to the end of the season was a success in itself. I, I talked to a number of the, the minor league managers when their seasons ended and said, look, six months ago, if you had told me we were going to play 100-plus games and get all these guys essentially a full season, I would have been ecstatic. And, and that's what we did. I mean, we had a couple – COVID bumps in Stockton and Arizona. We managed it well. I thought that the athletic trainers did an outstanding job. And, and to get so many guys essentially a full minor league season is a huge win and really puts them back on track in terms of development. We, we just were so sort of lost after 2020 and, and what do you think of guys and what can you expect and now at least we're back on like a normal track normal conversations about what guys are it, it, it's a huge step forward for development i'm with you i thought there was no way these kids riding around in buses yeah. and COVID out there and then the delta variant came out of nowhere I thought there was no way you guys were going to get a season. Right. To get them, I mean, yeah, you hear stuff, particularly in July and August with Delta stuff, you're like, oh, there's no way we make it. So to get to whatever, September 20th, the, the A ball and the AA teams, and now the AAA team going all the way through October 3rd, it's a, a huge win. And, and again, to go back to our earlier point, just an organizational accomplishment that I'm really proud of our, our athletic trainers, our coaches, our managers to get these guys through a full season. Yeah, you guys should be because. Uh I mean, we just look around the world what's been happening. Uh, give me the big positives from the minor league season for you. You know, a number of guys, really, like I said, really took steps forward and, uh, and got to play. You look at some of the names, uh, you know, Jonah Bride, Max Schumann, uh, Colin Palouse, these guys who were sort of in no man's land really took steps forward as prospects. Um, so those are some of the names that jump out. And the guys from, frankly, the guys from the 19 draft, finally got to play a full season. Logan Davidson, their first-round pick in 2019, spent all summer last year at the alt site, finally gets to play a, a full season. Nick Allen starts out in double-A, plays on the Olympic team, has an incredible experience in the qualifier going to Tokyo, gets to triple-A. You know, all of these things are such huge steps forward. Uh, and then our new draft class, to, to have a group of 20 guys come in in the middle of July, go down to Arizona, and a lot of them get out to full season ball um, and take a step. Guys, you know, Zach Geloff and Brett Harris, you know, some of these guys who are going to be on prospect lists, really fun to see. I'm looking forward to going down to Instructional League to see them in person. And, um, again, just to be talking about the minor leagues as a, a normal thing on a normal schedule is, is really where we all wanted to be. Yeah, we went down to San Jose and saw Geloff. He's an athletic big kid, and he's uh, – he can swing. It really was impressive. Im really impressive debut. Rico Bronia just raved and raved about him as, as a kid, as a leader. And then when you see he can do a little bit of everything on the field, he's, he's going to be fun to watch. I know this is going to be tough to answer, but getting back to really normalcy, yeah. draft, amateur baseball, minor leagues, when do you think we'll see that? Do you think it's anytime soon? It is hard. It is hard. And then, you know, obviously your, your question is kind of about COVID, but – we also have a, a CBA discussion that's going to linger over the off season. So there, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We, we feel really good about 21 and, and having played, but there, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding us right now. I, I'd love to say 22 is going to be a totally normal year. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I just think about the CBA and I say there's so much money out there. I mean, everybody's <laughs> doing so well. All the top players for the most part 
other than like Juan Soto. They all have contract extensions. I mean, <laughs> come on, don't mess this thing up. Right. I've got enough on my plate. I can't handle that too. So you and I will find out at the same time what happens. Does that change how you do business in the off season? I, I don't know yet. We'll see when we get there. All righty, great stuff as always. And yes, we're getting you a. Sp I'm getting you a great. sponsor. Great. For next season for you coming on. We always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you, Chris. The David Forrest Show right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.